Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. Today is Thursday, the 5th of August, and very excitingly, I am joined by our South Australian TDA correspondent, the one and only Mariah Lattice. Mariah, how are you? I'm good, Zara. How are you? Uh, Look, I'm in lockdown and you are free, so I will let you answer that question. But on that note, I'll jump straight into the day's COVID news because there is quite a bit out there. Yesterday, New South Wales recorded 203 locally acquired COVID-19 cases and there were 47 infectious in the community. A further 73 are still under investigation, which is the number that is seemingly creeping up. There were tragically two further deaths reported and one of them was a man in his 20s. Here's what Gladys Berejiklian said about the tragic death yesterday. It demonstrates again how this disease is lethal, how it affects people of all ages. Unfortunately, The gentleman wasn't vaccinated, hadn't had any dose of the vaccine. And uh, as we understand, it um, happened, the death happened quite suddenly. When asked about returning Year 12 students, the Premier said, and I quote, we need to make sure we adjust our policies according to what's happening. So we know that Year 12 students are set to return to school on August 16th, but there does remain a question mark over that return date. Queensland recorded 17 locally acquired COVID-19 cases yesterday, with a previously announced case in Cairns remaining unlinked. While testing numbers were at a record high, Acting Premier Stephen Miles said, this has become our biggest outbreak since the first wave last year. Here's how Queensland's chief health... Oh my gosh, Zara. (laughs) Mariah has tried to say this statement about Queensland's chief health officer a number of times, but seems to be getting stuck on the tongue twister. So here's how Jeanette Young characterised this latest outbreak. So going forward, we really have a challenge here as Queenslanders, which I know we're up to, but I need your help. Mariah, this was a story that we spoke a lot about earlier in the year, and you were writing about quite a bit on our Instagram, weren't you? Yeah, I was. And it was all over Australian news sites as well. So former Chief Executive Christine Holgate has received a $1 million payout from Australia Post after her departure amid a Cartier watch expenses saga. So you might remember this one. Under the settlement, Holgate will receive $1 million, as I said, and that's being characterised as an employment termination payment, in addition to $100,000 to cover her legal costs. While Australia Post said that it, and I quote, regrets the difficult circumstances in which Holgate departed the company, no public apology was published. And Zara, some good news. There has been more gold for Australia with Matt Belcher and Will Ryan winning the men's 470 sailing at the Tokyo Olympics. Every day on Instagram, we get hundreds of messages from our amazing audience asking us questions about different features of our political system, about the news, about current affairs, about a whole range of things. And one of the questions that we got last week, which we thought was really interesting and something that perhaps isn't explored in the day-to-day news cycle, is about Australia's head of state. So, Mariah, is Scott Morrison our head of state? No. So, as Australia is a constitutional monarchy... That means that Australia's head of state is actually Queen Elizabeth II. But you're probably wondering, Queen Elizabeth doesn't really have that much to do with Australian day-to-day life, and you would be right in that assumption. So Australia's response to that is that it actually has two heads of state. So the first one is the symbolic head of state, which is Queen Elizabeth II, and the second one is a representative of Queen Elizabeth II, and that person is known as the Governor-General. So if the Queen is there merely in a symbolic sense, what does the Governor-General actually do? In my head, the Governor-General is the person that swears in the Cabinet, 
And I probably couldn't tell you a whole lot else other than that. So, yes, Sarah, you are correct in saying that the Governor General does swear in the National Cabinet. But when looking at it in terms of the head of state, the Governor General is seen as the constitutional head of state. And under the Constitution, the only action performed by the Queen is the appointment of the Governor General. So the mention of the Queen in the Constitution is to appoint her representative, who is the Governor General. And what exactly does that Governor General do day to day? So there's constitutional duties that we were talking about because he's the head of state constitution-wise. Some of the key constitutional duties of the Governor-General include facilitating the work of the Commonwealth Parliament and government, dissolving Parliament and issuing writs for a federal election, commissioning the Prime Minister and appointing ministers and assistant ministers, and swearing in other statutory positions. So this is all the case because we're part of the Commonwealth, but that could change, right? Yes, it absolutely could. And Australia could eventually become a republic. And there is a growing movement within Australia for it to become a republic eventually. As always, let us know if there are any other quirks in our political system that you might want to know a bit more about or one of those questions, and I very much fall under this category, one of those questions that you think you're meant to know about but might not know about because we are always here to answer them on The Daily Oz. Mariah, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. And please, for all of us Sydney siders and some Queenslanders, go out and enjoy your day. I will try my best. We love to hear it. You heard it here first. Mariah is trying her best today to have a good day. Happy Thursday, and we will be back tomorrow with more on The Daily Oz.